Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome back to another episode here at A View from the Bullins. This is, of course, the weekly catch-up. I am the Bobble, and joining me, as always, is the Spaniard, also known as Paul Draper. Paul... Everton have played their first pre-season game. It was in Switzerland. It was against Stad Nionet. Everton run out 2-1 winners to end their pre-season mini-tour, we will call it, in Evian and then into Switzerland to face Neon. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't brilliant to watch. It was quite a difficult watch at times. Everton obviously come out winners 2-1. Does it really matter? Does it matter to you? No. We said a few weeks ago with the games, as fans, obviously, we want to go good destinations and... Everyone that went to Switzerland spoke very highly of it, so it was a very good trip, a lovely place, just a bit expensive. But in terms of the games, it's all about fitness, being ready and being prepared for the 12th of August when, obviously, Fulham come to Goodison. Mm. So I don't really... Obviously, it's good to get a win, and you always want to perform to the best of the ability in the squad. But with how sort of weakish, let's say, that squad was going to Switzerland... It was more all about getting the results. Well, sorry, getting the minutes into the into the tank, start getting that competitive feeling again, and having a look at some of the young players, which are a few of them looked bright. Obviously, one of them scored, one of them won a penalty. Well, let's talk about that. Chance. Let's talk about some of the youngsters. So, did any of the youngsters impress you? I know it's only one game, and I know it's against, with all due respect, Stad Nione. Cassia Chiarte scored a really, really good goal. Did any other youngster, I know Kiate, I know you're going to come on to him because I think you were quite impressed with him regardless of his goal. Any other youngsters impress you? Well, I think obviously, as you say, Kiate, very good finish. I was very surprised with him. Uh, Kurongo, I think, did okay. Obviously, won the penalty. Very good ball from from Iwobi. Good control. And he probably would have put it away if he weren't, if he weren't um, took out. I think first half, Tom Cannon was a bit disappointing in front of goal, but... Mm. Again, first game pre-season, Mr. Few. Yeah, that that will come. But I think his, his all round game was wasn't the worst. I would just like to highlight the first half of Dwight McNeil. I think he's just a 
right now a level above he did look sharp and, didn't he he's just a level above mm, everyone in that team I know it's a, he only played against the pub team but it's good to see that he's come back to pre-season sharp fit and ready to go where he let off back in the last season mm, yeah he did look sharp uh, McNeil I will give Black you that he did look very very good <sighs> looking at the starting lineup, they spoke about Neil Morpé coming in coming back into pre-season in great shape Michael Keane's actually spoken to the media and said that Neil Morpé has come out in terrific shape. He's winning a lot of the running challenges that Sean Dyche is, is giving the players in pre-season training. Neil Morpé, is there any chance for him, do you think? Not for me. I just no? I, I don't think he's a bad player necessarily. I just don't think he suits Sean Dyche's way of playing in any way whatsoever. And I don't think he suits Frank Lampard's either. So really, the question needs to be asked is who's recruited the the, the player in this case, because when you go from Carvert-Lewin to the main target last season seemed to be Che Adams, which obviously was reported widely through the media and obviously by yourself. To then Neil Morpé, it's like three different pro strikers, three different profiles. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it's good to see he's come back in shape again and, and fit and ready to go and ready to either prove himself or put himself in the shop window. Only time will tell. But I don't personally think he Sean Dyche really fancies him in the first place and that he can adapt himself to a Sean Dyche style of play. He's not athletic enough. He's not strong enough probably on the ball. He's not he's not as good in the air, obviously, because he, he, he's not he hasn't got that physique like Dominic Carver Lewin. So yeah, I think he'll be one of the ones that that the club will be looking to get out the door. Well, one player that did actually join up with the Everton squad was Ashley Young. Ashley Young, the 38. You're, you're smiling at me. Because he's young? Yeah, yeah, Ashley Young, the 38-year-old, the joined up with the Everton squad in Switzerland or in Evian. He, he didn't play, obviously, against Neon. It was maybe a game too soon for him, but he has trained a couple of times now with the first team. Uh, he's settling in very, very well. I know it's own, you know, with all due respect, it's a 38-year-old Ashley Young, but it, it's just nice, isn't it, to have a fresh face amongst the squad? It really is. Well, I think it was the first player we signed since Jakubovic in September 2022. Wow. So that's, that, that's a start. There's that, a start. I'm sure he did promise a striker in in January. We all know how that went. But yeah, good to have him round, obviously. I weren't as keen at first when I, when I first got told about Ashley Young potentially joining the club. But... When you see all the Villa fans, all the Villa staff, players, everyone obviously connected to Villa, that obviously you speak to, as you mentioned before, mm. to see how big of a loss he is to their dressing room and to their club. Yeah. Um, and then when you also look deeper into the stats, how many times he's played, how many times he started, durability, reliability, his injury record that we spoke about in last week's preview, I think it's a no-brainer, really. And I'm... I'm happy to see someone come in. Ashley Young, an experienced player, someone that will have a very big voice in the dressing room. He'll make himself heard. Mm. He's a he leader, believe, isn't he? He is he a leader. If he believes the standards are low, he'll make sure that them players raise the standards. So, yeah. yeah, all the best to Ashley Young. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that actually has happened since we last recorded the, the weekly catch-up, we missed, well, we didn't miss, but it was it just kind of 
got announced as we were finishing the weekly catch-up was the two-year deal for Jao Virginia. Everton goalkeeper come back from loan, back to Finch Farm, and he's now been offered a, and accepted a new two-year deal. Do you think that he is maybe capable to be the understudy for Jordan Pickford? It's a big position to, to hold at a football it is, club. But I, it is, but I think he is. I think when he, he came into the side a few seasons ago, I think he played against Man City at Goodison. And I think he played another game or two. I thought he was actually quite solid in them few games. So... Happy for him, went out on loan, played a lot of football, hopefully, and learned a lot. And now he's came back ready to challenge Jordan Pickford. And he, he, I think he got a new shirt number, someone was saying on social media today. So it seemed like he will be the reserve goalkeeper or the number two, however you want to call it. And he knows, obviously, how Jordan Pickford works, how all the coaching staff works at Everton. So happy for Joe. And that... It, allows us to use them funds elsewhere to maybe pursue attackers or forwards and hopefully get them in over, over the line soon. Mm. Another thing that happened, a bit more of a serious topic, I think, if we're honest, one thing that did happen in the media was obviously Delhi Ali came out and spoke to Gary Neville on Sky Sports and spoke about the troubles that he has had since he was a young boy, growing into a, a, a teenager and then becoming, obviously, an adult and into his professional footballing career. I think we'll just touch on it, Paul, in, in reality. Um, I think he was very, very brave. I'd like to get your thoughts on what Delhi Ali had, had to say. It was very emotional, wasn't it? It was very upsetting was. To, to view, to see any, not just a footballer, but a human being it, it feeling that way and having those sort of troubles and having a feeling like he's got the world on his shoulders. And obviously he spoke about things that the whole world clearly didn't know. A lot of things were kept behind closed doors. He kept a lot of things within himself. But I think what he needs to be, as much as he says he doesn't want people's sympathy and, and things like that, I think what he did was incredibly brave. And if it helps one person, then it's, it's, it's you know, it, it's done its job, so to speak, him coming out and speaking out. And yeah, it, it's so brave of him, wasn't it? Yeah, as... Delhi says it's not about sympathy or about people mm. feeling sorry for themselves. Um, as he said, if truth be known, it went. It was maybe a bit too early for him, but the tabloids were all over him already. Like they are, they are, they are all absolutely horrible, disgusting rats who just feed themselves off people's troubles, people's faults, and especially ce celebrities, if you want to call them like that, or professional athletes, as they've done numerous times in the past. But yeah. Incredibly, bra incredibly, incredibly brave, sorry. Mm. Uh, massive, massive, well done and congratulations like to Deli Ali for being so open to explain what's been going on, why why he hasn't been himself lately, even his childhood trauma, which mm. was honestly, it was so distraught. It was so awful to hear. I think he probably did it with the best possible person to... I thought Gary Neville talk. was very good, Ga actually. Gary Neville yeah. is a very good talker. He knows when to sort of move away or mm. shy away from the stuff. And yeah. you could see Gary Neville got emotional and, and he, he cried them. So yeah, he was, upset, Ali, Gary he was mentioning. As someone who's obviously, I think all of us have suffered with stuff in the past, mm. it's always positive to see people, not only men, because I know a lot of people talk about men's mental health, but obviously everyone or anyone that's mm. suffering, it's always good to see them come out on such a good platform. And the support that he's had, he mentioned from Everton himself, from, but from the moment that interview dropped the overlap on, on, the, on their YouTube channel, the support he had from everywhere in the world, footballers, Incredible. I think a few um, athletes, mm. I saw press in Spain reporting, it was on the news over there, so mm. everyone seemed to be extremely concerned for how he was and it's good to see that he feels in a much better place now and that as he said the happiest he's been in a long time because he does 
really, really deserve that. And I think it's been mentioned before. This is obviously nothing to do with that. It's more footballing wise. When we were down in the trenches, half time, two 0 down to Crystal Palace, he comes on for Andre Gomez, and pff, truth be honest, he dragged that team through it that day. He he single handedly won that game and kept the club in the Premier League. So even if he is to leave the club this summer, which I think, I personally think he might, because I'm not sure if Sean Dyche will be will want will be completely fit in Deli Ali in his style or, or they may look for him to go somewhere else where he may feel a bit more at peace. Mm. Which as he said with all his conversation with Sean have been all about himself, his personal his personal life and nothing about football yet until he's ready for that. I think whatever happens, I'll always personally be grateful to Dele Alli for that performance. Mm, you just touched on Sean Deutsch there, saying that Dele Alli did speak about Sean Deutsch and said how good he's been and he hasn't asked him about you know, his footballing uh, career or his footballing moments right now. He's just been making sure that Dele Alli is feeling okay and that, he's, and that he is doing well. And, and Everton as a football club, they, they get a lot of things wrong, don't they? They get a hell of a lot of things wrong and they're heavily criticised by all Evertonians, but... When it comes to things like this, off-the-pitch stuff, they're pretty good, aren't they, Everton? And Deli Ali sung Everton's praises. So, massive well done for Everton for, for making sure Deli Ali had all the support possible. And, you know, Tottenham, you know, I spoke to a few people at Tottenham and you only have to look on social media in terms of from the Tottenham professional footballers or, or the staff. I think a few days before it dropped, mm. Pochettino said... He did, he'd like to speak to him. He said yeah. he wants to speak to him and that he really, yeah. really loves him because he, he was really concerned about him, so... It's, it's always good to see people that, and he, he mentions how important Pochettino was to him in that interview. So, as I say, I, I just hope he's at peace with himself and he feels the best he possibly can and just keep going, Deli. Mm, absolutely, yeah. We wish Deli Ali all the very best. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So the players are now back from Switzerland from the 2-1 yep. win against Neon. Still no more signings in Finch Farm. No more outgoings at the moment currently. However, one player that is consistently in the rumour mill, in the in the news, is that of Damari Gray. He's been away with Jamaica in the Gold Cup. He's actually made, team made team of the tournament in the Gold Cup as well. You're absolutely right. Damari Gray. Sometimes there's no smoke without fire, is there? No, I think it's been well, well, widely reported that ever, and are willing to listen to offers for the Marty Gray, mm. and the Marty Gray is not, not completely against potentially leaving the football club. However, maybe 
it'll be a bit pickier as destination. There's been links with Saudi Arabia, where everyone seems to be going now. Uh, I think Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, Fulham, all these uh, clubs have been linked with, with a move for Damari Gray. And to be completely honest with you, I'd, I'd sell. I'm not sure, again, he suits Sean Dyche's system. We saw back end of the season, Sean Dyche didn't really trust him. And and we need the funds. That's as bad as it is. And the thing with Damari Gray, however amount you're selling for, really, it'll be a, a huge profit for the books and for the yeah. profits and sustainability rules within the Premier League. So, so how, much would you, how much would you accept for Damari Gray? It would be dependent, to be fair. If it's from the Premier League, I'd say 10 to 13 mil or so. And if it's... If it's Saudi Arabia, you try, try and get a bit more money. Try and get from 15 onwards or mm. 15. But and, you, think, and you'd be okay letting him go? Yeah, I think I think an 11.5 11. million bid, for example, that's a 10 million profit on the Mardi Gray. Mm. I think anything over 10 million pounds, it's a good deal for Everton. Because he, he's got two years left on his contract. I know it's really one, but the club have got the options for the second. So really, he's got two years left. I think anything north of £10 million would be very good business. Mm. Well, moving on from Damari Gray, James Tarkowski spoke to the media whilst... Ah, out, yeah, the man, the main man at centre-half. He spoke to the media whilst in Switzerland. So we're just going to rewind a little bit. And he spoke about Sean Deutsch wanting Everton to win at least one title this season. And it's Did not, he say that? Yeah, and it's not winning a title in terms of lifting a trophy oh. or anything like that. But he, has said, that. but he has said that the title that Sean Deutsch wants the team to win is to be the fittest team in the league. Deichmann. His words were, we want to be the fittest team in the league going into this season. And that is the title that the manager wants for us and something that we now want for ourselves. It's going to be tough. We've had one week now and we have a few more weeks to go. But to be fair to the lads, they've embraced it and got on with the work and it's been difficult, but we are enjoying it. That just goes to show that the, what a mantra that is there by Sean Dyche to say to the players. He's the man. You know, we, we might not be the best team, we might not be the best technical team, but, but one we'll thing the, we will be... But we'll be the, we'll be the first to play against. That, mm. That's what it is. And I think today, as we're recording this, it's the famous gaffer day. It is the gaffer day. And we will touch on that later on. <laughs> it is the famous gaffer day for those that maybe listen to anything related to Sean Dyshap Burnley or his pre-seasons. Um, it's just an amazing day, really, for the fans to just see all the players running and running and running and running. Mm. But yeah, I think that's... Good from Sean Dyche. Obviously, we know how fit that team was back end of the season. Credit to themselves, apart from Sean Dyche, because under the previous manager, on the on the Frank, they were on the floor. They, they were. Does last. that surprise you? You know, let's, let's just does that. Let's just pause this. Does that surprise you that you know he, he worked for Jose Mourinho? He also worked for Manuel Pellegrini at Manchester City. He worked for some really, really good managers. Played for England. You know, we don't need to go into about his career. Does it surprise you that? he couldn't get his team fit enough because they, they were clearly not fit enough. I think it doesn't really surprise me. I just It doesn't really surprise me how his coaching career has gone to be because when you've played... I know he came through at West Ham, but he, he did leave West Ham relatively young mm. to Chelsea. But, and it, it's the same, obviously, with... But he had Paul... When you look at it, mate, he had Paul Clement, an assistant as well. Like, been at Real Madrid, he'd he been at Bayern Munich, yes. one, of the, one of the most world-renowned assistant managers. When you then look at it, or first-team coach, whatever you want to call it nowadays... And they couldn't, for whatever reason, that Everton team were not fit enough. And the first thing Sean Dyche and his staff, Ian Warren and Steve Stone, when they came into the, to, to Everton, the first thing they flagged up, and I know this, was this team isn't fit enough. It's not fit enough. 
what I'm going to say, they've been at clubs. So the, the likes of Gerard and Lampard were obviously the two. They were the two big talking points in the footballing career, and they are the big talking points in the managerial career, obviously. Frank's out of a job now after failing massively this season, and Steven Gerrard just had to go to Saudi Arabia to get, to get a gig elsewhere. They played on the teams that were top six teams who maybe didn't need to be. Although they were always at the top physically, they didn't need to train as hard as teams at the bottom that are fighting for their lives. So I'm not really surprised as to how their career, uh, as to how his career as a coach has gone and how unfit the team was. Also with his inexperience because they've always sort of had it easier, really. When you're at a top team, it's always easy to keep working when you're winning, but when you're losing down the bottom, it's hard to get everyone on side and people to knock down tools, the players that are not playing to stay on side. So I, I'm not really surprised that they weren't. I mean, it's disappointing that they weren't fit, but seeing how his managerial career has gone, mm. I'm not surprised. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah, because I just think I think I think that's just a that should be a given. Your team should be fit enough to go to war in, in a game of football, regardless regardless of who your manager is. It should just be a given that that should be a non-negotiable. Your team is ready to to, to run through the wall and be very very fit. You're a professional I, team. You. I think also <laughs> the way they approach football and the way they approach coaching. They want to have a lot of the ball. I get that, and then it's a and, different and sort really, of fitness. They don't really work on, but, on running. On they haven't gone mm, day. It's well. We'll talk about Gaffer Day now, so we're going to move on to that. So, Gaffer Day is a day where Sean Dyche has his has his way with the players, so to speak. It's no footballs are there. It's just running, but it's mostly a mental task. So, talking to Jack Cork, who it was former Burnley player, he said, "We don't usually do too many running sessions like this. This is only one where it's all running and no footballs. A lot of it is just mental stuff more than the legs. Trying to get your heads around that, you can do it and getting other lads through it." It's everyone pushing each other, and that's what you need during the season. Everyone helping each other out and on the same team, trying to push in the same direction. It's basically a few hours of just running drills, oh, oh, oh. running drills, running drills with no football. But obviously, it gets tougher and tougher and tougher. Not and even sh- boots on. Just it's just you run, just get run, run, run. a run on. You know, Jack Court went on to say it's a good feeling when you get it done. You know it's good for you. It's going to be beneficial to everyone in the team and it brings you together as a group. Everyone does push, obviously, as hard as they can. It's good to get a bit of togetherness. They're not going to enjoy that, are they? No, I think Tarkovsky might enjoy it. I think him and McNeil might enjoy it, the ones that have been with him before. Michael Keane? <coughs> oh, I forgot about him, yeah. And the ones that, that have obviously now been with Daesh, obviously, since, since February. They don't know what's coming. They, mm. they they would have heard all about it. And if they were to be the fittest team in the league, that's something that they've got to be put through and that's something that they've got to do as a team to make sure that they are the fittest team in the league. So I'm putting with Gaffer Day. I think everything that, anything that Sean Dyche says, I'll just agree with him. He's just a man, as you know. He's your one beacon of light at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, Going into I, the season. I, I said to you, although the transfer business is shocking at the moment, I am somehow not worried for the season as it stands. And that's because and of Sean that Dyche. Is all because of Dyche. Well, this week now, obviously, the players are back at Finch Farm. They're back training. And we obviously play Wigan and Tramere on Saturday. It looks like, it appears that there's going to be a more senior team going to play Wigan and a more youthful team with maybe a young academy players joining up for the Tramere fixture. Are you going to either game? I'm not, I'm not sure. I've, I've Which got... one would you go to? Which one are you thinking about going to? Again, I've got reasons to go to Wigan and I've got reasons to go to Tramere, really. <laughs> so I'm, 
I'm not completely sure yet. I'm supposed to be working anyway, as it stands. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be going to any really as it stands, sadly. Which one are you going to? Uh, I am going to Wigan. I am going Anyone to Anyone wants to see the bubble, just be at Wigan <laughs> and he'll have a meet and greet with everyone that says you are the bubble. Yeah, I am going to, to Wigan. I am indeed. Um right, so moving on, we're gonna talk about Alex Wobie. Alex Wobie has got one year left on his contract at Everton. There's a few rumours now, a few things. We're going to go back out to... Tra- this is back into the transfer department. So there's a few, not well, rumours, yeah, a bit of noise going around on social media that there's maybe a few interested clubs in Alex Iwobi. What do you what, what do you think we should do with him? You put me on the spot here. You know I like Iwobi. Mm. Um, just the, it, it but, all, but with one year left on his deal... It all depends on if, if he's willing to sign the, <clears throat> the contract extension. If he doesn't want to sign, then they've got to sell him because they need the funds and they can't allow yeah. a player to leave for free, especially Iwobi, who I think is our most creative player and probably one would be a massive loss, in my opinion, for the club if the, if he was to leave. But I, I, I'm I still hopefully signs the contract. I am a really, really massive fan of Iwobi, as you as you very well, very well know. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they can agree that deal, and if not, they'll need to set a deadline for him because if not, they'll really need to sell him to get some funds into the club and mm. try and get somebody that wants to be at the club. What it's, do you think on it? Uh, I, I I agree. Yeah, I think if he's not going to sign a new contract or if Everton uh, have you know gone back on the, on, on the contract offer, then ultimately we have to cash in. That that's just the way of the world. Um, Everton probably couldn't afford for him to leave on a free next summer so I think it leaves us in a difficult spot but in return it doesn't always work out for the player running your contract down sometimes that doesn't always work out either um, but moving on from Alex Awobi you said earlier on this podcast that you are not worried because of Sean Dyche no. now we look at other clubs even the likes of Bournemouth everyone's improving everyone's signing players are, are you not getting a little bit nervous a little bit agitated that Everton are being very very sluggish in the I'm window I'm getting angry that they're not that they're being sluggish in the transfer market <coughs> But I'm not getting nervous, and as I've said before, it's all because of Dyche, I think. Mm. I said last season when Dyche came in, and I think Southampton spent 70-odd million in the, in, a, in the window. Bournemouth spent a lot of money in the window, too, in January. I said, they, all these clubs around us, we may now have the worst squad in the league, but out of the bottom half, we've got the best manager, and especially for the fight. And I still think that... I, um, I am a massive, massive fan of Sean Dyche. I think the way we've played since he's been here has actually surprised me. It's been attacking football, I think. Maybe it's not like, just 4 4 2, is it? Well, if anything, it's not 4 4 2. It's, it's a lot like different. It's 4 4 4 1 1, sort of the corner dropping off. Maybe. But he's bit. always been known, hasn't he? He's always been labelled that. It's always been 4 4 2, two big strikers yeah. up top, Ashley Barnes and, and Jay Rodriguez. I know we're obviously, uh, you know, you're, you're very pro Sean Dosh, but it's not very fair, is it, to, to label him that he's just a flat 4 4 2 merchant? No. No. And, that he, and Ian Wone spoke about that to the yeah, Athletic. And that they're just, in, and that they're just a long ball team. No, mm. I think Everton play very good football, really. They press like absolute menaces. It's. When, when you when you see it live, some of the games and how they've pressed and how mm-hmm. they've just boxed teams in and just gone for them, it's been a joy to watch as a, as a fan. <clears throat> if anything, Sean Dyche is the ultimate Everton manager. The way that Everton fans like their team to play is like that. You work hard, press, put tackles in, and then when you've got the ball, make sure you are creating chances and, and you are putting in the opposition box. People don't really like... I, I exclude myself because I, I do like all, like different kinds of football and mm. there is different ways that I think 
are very good to watch, but people don't like the, the team passing it round the box or passing it between the centre-halves and trying to build and trying to sort of do a more static attack and more trying to, to sort of pass it into the box, if you want to say. But Sean Dyche has been... He's just been amazing. And I think with more quality up front, I don't think we'd have even been... We, it would have. I don't think it would have got to the... For the last game of the season to stay up against Bournemouth. Mm. No, no, I agree. I think I think he hadn't obviously made the change. We would have, we would be in the championship right now. If you do like what you're listening to, if you want to get more content than ever, honestly, head over to our Patreon channel at A View from the Bullins. There is so much content, so many articles, analysis, tactical analysis from our in-house tactical guru. Uh, we have so much going on at A View from the Bullins on the Patreon channel. Honestly, give it a go. We do so much work in the community and the charity in and around Liverpool, from sponsoring uh, grassroots football, from buying equipment for grassroots football, to sponsoring charities, to, to helping out, to maybe helping the less unfortunate. We've helped the food banks in the past. This isn't a, a sales tactic, of course. Um, we appreciate any, you even listening to us on the free podcast. But honestly, if you'd like more content and you'd like to get your, your teeth into as much Everton content as possible, honestly, give us a whirl. It's great value for money. And it's some really, really good stuff that happens over on A View from the Bullins Patreon channel. And that's what we've got time for, Paul. That's it. That's the weekly catch-up done. It. That's it. That is the weekly catch-up done here, live from the studio at A View from the Bullins, right near the new iconic Bramley Moor Stadium, which we can see out the window pretty much. Yeah. And literally, stones throw away, or Ben says, well, a two stones throw he, away. He's strong, Ben. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> In the meantime, wherever you choose to go, whether it's Tramley or Wigan, enjoy your game. Hopefully Everton win both games. In yeah. the meantime, take care and all the very best.